This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Liz Wheeler Show. Even Elon Musk is calling to free Jacob Chansley. Jacob Chansley is the QAnon shaman from January 6th, the guy that was wearing the horns and the fur and had his face painted and had a bullhorn all day. The guy who became somewhat of a mascot of the day because the mainstream media made him a mascot. Last week, Tucker Carlson aired the video footage that Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, gave him from January 6th from the camera network, the cameras network all around the Capitol. And part of the revelation that Tucker aired showed Jacob Chansley, who was supposedly this violent insurrectionist, just kind of peacefully meandering around the Capitol. No, he shouldn't have been in there. He wasn't supposed to be in there, but he wasn't armed. He wasn't violent. He wasn't an insurrectionist. At best, he was like trespassing, but he wasn't even committing vandalism. In fact, new video footage shows that the Department of Justice is lying about the role that Jacob Chansley played. And I'm talking new video footage in addition to what Tucker Carlson aired. So we're gonna show you that video footage tonight. The Department of Justice has also responded to the tapes that Tucker Carlson aired. They make this case against Jacob Chansley. They make the case that Tucker Carlson was cherry picking specific parts of the video footage in order to create a false narrative. And we are going to analyze the Department of Justice's allegations. And yes, we are going to debunk them because they're simply not true. We're also going to talk about the Proud Boys trial that's happening in Washington, D.C. right now. A judge has just issued a ruling, and I'm talking just issued a ruling, on FBI malfeasance. The FBI has been caught snooping on privileged attorney-client conversation. So the defendants that are sitting right now in the D.C. Gulag talking to their attorneys, their defense attorneys, about this case, about their defense, the FBI has not only been caught snooping on those communications, which is wildly illegal, they have then turned over what they overheard, what they eavesdropped, to the prosecution, to the government. Now, you'd think that that would be enough to simply get the trial thrown out since that's a violation of constitutional rights, but a judge has dismissed this malfeasance by the FBI. So we're going to break that down and we're going to break down the fact that in this same trial, the FBI has been caught doctoring evidence. They've actually been destroying evidence, which again, you would think would be enough to have the trial just completely thrown out because it's a violation of the rights of the defendant. We're gonna break that down with friend of the show, Julie Kelly, who is one of the most tireless, most thorough reporters who has relentlessly pursued the truth about what actually happened on January 6th and what has happened since January 6th in our criminal justice system, from federal judges to court systems to the defendants who have, some of whom have spent two years now in pre-trial detention, oftentimes in solitary confinement. So without further ado, let's get to it. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With me now is senior contributor to American Greatness, Julie Kelly. Julie, good to see you. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Liz. Thank you so much for having me on again. Okay, so let's bring up the tweet that has made what was already prominent among those of us who are searching for truth, who are interested in the reality of what happened on January 6th. We had all been talking about Jacob Chansley, who is the QAnon shaman. Um, based on the Tucker tapes, when Tucker aired those the video footage from the Capitol on January 6th, the footage that was given to him by Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy, it showed Jacob Chansley wasn't violent. It showed that he was essentially just a tourist meandering around the Capitol. Now, whether he should have been there or not, is, is an important question, but it's also important how he got in and what he was doing while he was in there. We know that the January 6th committee misrepresented both of those things. Um, after these after these tapes aired on Tucker Carlson's show, even Elon Musk weighed in on this. He said, free Jacob Jansley. So then we have the DC establishment who said, oh my goodness, well, we're not going to be able to ignore this anymore. We thought we'd be able to get away with this. Now Elon Musk has brought attention to it, which means that almost everyone in the world is familiar with the case of Jacob Chansley. And Julie, what I want to do with you today is I want to break down the Department of Justice's response because the DOJ did issue two separate statements, at least, um, after Tucker Carlson aired those tapes. So I want to read what the Department of Justice said about the Tucker tapes. This is what they said. Chansley piggybacking on Pozzola's violent breach of the Capitol provides more than enough evidence of his corrupt intent to interfere with Congress that day but there is much more evidence of his and others' conduct. The televised footage, meaning what Tucker showed, shows Chansley's movements only from approximately 2.56 p.m. to 3 o'clock p.m. Prior to that time, Chansley had, amongst other acts, breached a police line at 2.09 p.m. with the mob, entered the Capitol less than one minute behind Pozzola during the initial breach of the building, and faced off with members of the U.S. Capitol Police for more than 30 minutes in front of the Senate chamber doors while elected officials, including the Vice President of the United States, were fleeing from the chamber. Chansley then entered the Senate gallery where he proceeded to scream obscenities while other rioters rifled through the desks of U.S. senators on the floor below. All of these actions were captured by Senate floor and or CCTV cameras. In sum, Chansley was not some passive chaperoned observer of events for the roughly hour that he was unlawfully inside the Capitol. He was part of the initial breach of the building. He confronted law enforcement for roughly 30 minutes just outside the Senate chamber. He gained access to the gallery of the Senate along with other members of the mob obviously precluding any Senate business from occurring, and he gained access to and later left the Senate floor only after law enforcement was able to arrive en masse to remove him. It is true that a sole officer who was trying to de-escalate the situation was with Chansley as he made his way to the Senate floor after initially breaching the chamber, as the televised footage reflects. 
but the televised footage fails to show that Chansley subsequently refused to be escorted out by this lone officer and instead left the Capitol only after additional officers arrived and forcibly escorted him out. First of all, wow. The Department of Justice is very fearful of us all seeing the tapes for ourselves and being able to understand reality that differs from their created narrative. But what is your reaction to this mouthful from the Department of Justice? Well, the Department of Justice thinks that they are talking to judges at the D.C. Uh, courthouse and not American people who can see for themselves the evidence. You see, DOJ is so used to getting away with lying, misdirecting, misrepresenting the facts, twisting the facts, obscuring the facts in court, uh, that they think that this their little charade, their tactics will work on the American people. Of course, it doesn't. Well, for some it does. But for those of us who watched the video, we very well know what the Department of Justice just said in that motion is a, is a bunch of lies. Um, he was fully escorted throughout the building. Jacob Chansley didn't know where he was going. Liz, you've been to the Capitol before. It is a massive building. Unless you know where you're going, even when you do know where you're going, it's very easy to get lost. So why are these Capitol Police officers showing him? They're trying to open different doors. They're not opening the door to get him out of the building. They're opening what looks like at one point, maybe the Senate chamber doors. We have no idea still how Jacob Chansley found his way to the Senate chambers after he entered um, on that Senate wing side. Um, but we have video at American Greatness that we posted in May of 2021 that shows Jacob Chansley talking with Capitol Police officers. One officer specifically says to him, we're not against you. We're not against you protesting. You have to do it peacefully. We can't have any violence. Jacob Chansley repeats that in his bullhorn that he had been waving around all afternoon, then finds his way into the Senate chamber. You see the same police officer walking behind him in, in the Senate chamber. Um, and so the idea that DOJ wants to rewrite Jacob Chansley's actions, should Jacob Chansley have been inside the building? No. Should anybody have been in the Senate chambers rifling through desks or sitting at the desk? No, they shouldn't have been. Is this a crime worthy of 300 days in solitary confinement? Denied bail, a Navy veteran, Jacob Chansley, with mental health issues that the judge even acknowledged, um, no criminal history, that he should be tormented by this DOJ into accepting a plea deal on obstruction of an official proceeding, then sentenced to 41 months in prison? That's the outrage, Liz. You can disagree like we do that Jacob Chansley and so many others should not have been in the building, roaming through offices, ransacking parts of it. Of course not. Does that, um, does that rise to the level of a felony punishable by up to 20 years in jail? No. That's where this Department of Justice has consistently gone overboard. And Jacob Chansley now is to the J6 political prisoners what Ray Epps is to the suspected federal or otherwise agitators, provocateurs, um, that neither one is really up to a good explanation. Why Ray Epps is still uncharged, he's sort of the tip of the iceberg of what people suspect other agents, provocateurs, agitators were doing. Jacob Chansley is a man who obviously committed no violent crime, but yet is punished in a way that as we know, Liz, even serious violent criminals in this country, especially in 2020, were not handled similarly by the Department of Justice. And 
Interestingly, video footage has surfaced after Tucker Carlson aired those tapes from outside the Capitol building, this this time with audio of Jacob Chansley after he left the building, corroborating exactly what you're saying. He was actually talking down some other protesters who wanted to stay, who wanted to enter the building again. And he, I I want people to watch this for themselves, but you'll see him reading into his bullhorn, reading Trump's tweets that protesters should go home and be peaceful and not be violent in any way, shape or form. Let's take a look at this video. striking, Julie, to hear him saying we are not Antifa. That's right. And, you know, throughout the day, Jacob Chansley, when he was inside and now outside the building, urging people to be peaceful, communicating with police officers, obviously complying with police officers as they were leading him throughout the Capitol. No one tried to arrest him. No one told him he was breaking the law. To the contrary, they told him he was able to do and and protest peacefully that afternoon. So the idea that DOJ is coming up, and this is the key word in the obstruction felony, corruptly. How did Jacob Chansley corruptly try to obstruct a proceeding, which by the way was over? They had already recessed the joint session. They had evacuated the House. They had obviously evacuated the Senate. Um, And so the idea that he's responsible for breaking up that uh, government proceeding is just on its face laughable. But this is why you see, Liz, the government completely spinning, the media spinning, the January 6th committee, even a lot of Republicans who are, you know, outraged um, that Tucker Carlson had access to these tapes and that he is um, dismantling the official narrative of January 6th, starting with this really brazen, uh, uh, unjust case against Jacob Chansley. The Department of Justice claims that Chansley's attorney had the same tapes that Tucker aired. Is that true? 
We have absolutely no proof of that. Um, but what the government did uh, reveal, they have claimed that Jacob Chansley's lawyer, Al Watkins at the time, he's not his lawyer anymore, had access to these tapes. Well, guess what? Guess when the government, DOJ, handed over these clips, alleged clips, <clears throat> to Jacob Chansley's team? September 24th of 2021, three weeks after he pleaded guilty to obstruction, they withheld this evidence from his attorney, from the judge, and from Jacob himself, and didn't turn over these clips until, <coughs> excuse me, the end of September. <coughs> so, and then Liz, in November, Judge Lamberth authorized um, the media to gain access to these clips, and they're just posting them now today, four months later. It's there. There's claims going around right now that other footage, that Tucker Carlson cherry-picked this video footage, and that other footage shows Jacob Chansley doing other things, which is what the left and the Department of Justice and liberal commentators want you to believe that that Tucker Carlson was just selectively editing this video. But there's there's a New York Times photographer by the name of Ashley Gilbertson who entered the Capitol at the exact same time that Jacob Chansley did. And Gilbertson says, and this is, this is in an HBO documentary that Gilbertson says, I was just following the crowd. Gilbertson has not been charged, has not been arrested to this day. And Jacob Chansley has. And my question for you is, is there an exception to the law if you are a journalist for the New York Times? Or what is the distinction between the two? Why would Jacob Chansley have been charged and then sentenced, convicted and sentenced, and this photographer who did the exact same thing at the exact same time no, faces nothing. That's right. And it's actually a larger question, Liz. <clears throat> Not only how did that reporter know to be there with that group when they breached part of a police line, as they say, and then entered the Capitol through those doors. There were photographers and filmmakers everywhere, inside and outside the Capitol that day. How did Nancy Pelosi's daughter know to follow her mother that day, including that morning? You will recall the famous clip where she says, if Trump comes up to the, to the Hill, I dare him. I'm going to punch him out. I'm going to charge him with trespassing. It was almost like she tipped her hand. How do you charge the president of the United States for trespassing for going to the government building? Which, of course, that's what happened and continues to happen. So you're right. How do media figures who also technically breached the Capitol. They were where they were supposed to be throughout the building and on restricted grounds. Um, yet they don't face any charges. I guess they're protected as members of the media. But why would photographers or videographers be, or even an independent filmmaker like Alexander Pelosi be protected? So um, it just, this is all sort of the questions in people's head, Liz, of things that just don't add up. And this is why... Um, you know, the, the narrative is unraveling and we have more to come because there's now explosive revelations coming out of, of key uh, trials for January 6th of more government malfeasance. Look, the American people know that they have been misled about January 6th. They know that the January 6th committee was not forthcoming, concealed evidence, concealed this video, didn't interview key people, exonerated Ray Epps when others were charged for lesser crimes than what he did. And now they're really starting to wonder exactly what went on before and on January 6th. And we see this being borne out in polls, polling results. So um, this is why I really hope 
House Republicans continue on this. And I think a few have suggested that they would form their own January 6th committee. That is something that really needs to happen because the events of that day are being used to change and weaponize our justice and legal system, our national security system, destroying the lives of innocent Americans and empowering this national security state to use their unyielding, unaccountable, more importantly, authority uh, against American citizens simply for protesting uh, the Biden regime uh, or the 2020 election, for example. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus yeah you mentioned polling the polling numbers that stick in my head which i find to be really interesting and really indicative of the temperature of the country. People, a lot of people are afraid to talk about January 6th, even on the right, because they're afraid mm-hmm. of being labeled conspiracy theorists. They might even be afraid of being targeted. If you're in the center or on the left, you're definitely afraid of being labeled an insurrectionist. But new polling, that new Rasmussen poll, we talked about it on the show last week, shows mm-hmm. that 61% of the American people, this includes 57% of Democrats, think the feds were involved in provoking the events on January 6th. I That shocked me. I thought Republicans mm-hmm. would, would poll to that extent. I was shocked to see that that many Democrats and independents polled to that extent too. So- I I think you're correct. I do want to talk about the mechanism of what's happening in these trials, though, because it doesn't surprise me that Merrick Garland's Department of Justice is corrupt. We know he's one of the most dangerous men in the country. He's at the helm of the Department of Justice, so he's giving these directives. But usually in our court system, if there's a corrupt prosecutor, it's the judge that holds the corrupt prosecutor accountable and doesn't let them violate the uh, the constitutional rights of the defendants. Talk to me about this judge you've been discussing in a lot of your work, Judge Tim Kelly, and the role that he's been playing in allowing this malfeasance from the Department of Justice. Judge Tim Kelly is a Trump-appointed judge who sits on the D.C. District Court. This is the courthouse um, that is handling every January 6th um, trial. Now, Liz, not a single trial against a Trump supporter should be held in the nation's capital, a city that's almost 100 percent Democratic that views the events of January 6th quite differently than the rest of the country. They considered this really a domestic terror attack on their own personal and professional fiefdom. The judges also feel this way. So, and this includes Judge Tim Kelly. Um, He has egregiously held four of the five men um, now facing seditious conspiracy charges on trial now in Washington. He has held four out of five of them for, um, behind bars for two years, Liz, repeating, repeatedly denying their release from jail, claiming even though they have no criminal record and four out of five of them face no violent charges, 
um, that they are a threat to the community because they were part of the mob that attacked the Capitol. So now Judge Kelly is fully invested in their conviction so he can justify his cruel decision to keep these innocent men, yes, we still believe in innocent before proven guilty, innocent men behind bars languishing, tormented, um, in solitary confinement for uh, the first part of their incarceration. So he's fully invested in their conviction. He has acted as nothing more than a rubber stamp for this DOJ. He also is a longtime creature of the Department of Justice and worked for years at the DC U.S. Attorney's Office, the very same office prosecuting every single one of these cases. So here's the little incestuous uh, culture that exists in this tiny town of Washington, D.C. Um, but what he really did this week took his, his own judicial misconduct to a whole different level. There were revelations the defense team in this trial, seditious conspiracy trial, uncovered messages by one of the lead case agents, FBI case agents, communications with other agents that addressed, that dealt with doctoring with a, a report about FBI informants, destroying hundreds of pieces of evidence, and more egregiously, uh, monitoring the privileged communications emails between one defendant who is incarcerated and his attorney. And they, they repeated all of this in court. And as one defense attorney was, was pressing this FBI agent about the messages that they discovered that the FBI and DOJ tried to hide from defense, but the, someone on the defense team uncovered these hidden messages. Once she was confronted with uh, the messages that they found, Judge Tim Kelly abruptly ended the jury trial, excused the jurors for the day, um, told them they would come back the next day, which they didn't. He held another hearing without the jury present, so he could hash out what the government said, oh, we, those messages were accidental. They had nothing to do with this case. They're classified. It was a spill of classified information. One of the U.S. attorneys uh, told Judge Tim Kelly. It was absolutely outrageous. Um, and so there were a flurry of motions filed all weekend. Well, what came back today to the sh shock of no one is that Judge Tim Kelly uh, very severely limited the cross-examination that was going on when he excused the jurors, severely limited that cross-examination of the FBI witness, also tossed out any reference to the destroyed evidence, also tossed out any discussion about violations of attorney-client privilege, uh, and also um, just basically said whatever the government claimed about this, the, this spreadsheet, I'm going along with and none of this is going to be relevant or discussed in front of the jury. That's what he ruled on Monday morning. Um, so these defendants are just stuck in this, I call it, circle of, of hell, judicial and legal hell. The same time Judge Tim Kelly um, is, is conducting this trial this way, he's uh, denied numerous requests to move the trial out of Washington, D.C., which of course it should be. You had the January 6th committee file its report at the end of December, assigning criminal blame to the Proud Boys for what happened on January 6th at the same time jury selection was going on in that city. Um, this is something unprecedented in American history. And the fact that our media is not just silent, but going along with it, the fact that, um, you know, civil rights, human rights, criminal justice reform warriors also are silent or cheering this on. 
um, really shows just more rank hypocrisy that uh, that fortunately most Americans are waking up to. But it's too late uh, to save uh, these defendants, sadly. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on the first TV. Watch the first on DirecTV Channel 347, Uverse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. Wait a second. Wait a second. This is mind-blowing. So this, this is the Proud Boys trial that's mm-hmm. going on right now. But if the FBI was monitoring communications between a lawyer and a defendant, that's supposedly protected by attorney-client privilege. That in and of itself, and we'll get to the doctored lists, we'll get to the lies, but isn't that in and of itself enough to get a trial thrown out? Um, You would think so. And you had at least two defendants who filed motions to dismiss the case based on six-day violations, based on the violations of the government snooping on attorney-client communications related to a case. Um, And this was spelled out very clearly in in the messages that the defense retrieved off of the hidden section of this spreadsheet. Um, But get this, Judge, the government actually came back, Liz, now get this, and said, because this particular defendant is incarcerated and he signed off that said, you know, of course, jailhouse communications are monitored. I know we all know that, um, that this could involve, you know, exchanges with your attorney, et cetera. Well, this doesn't relate to a man who's being held in jail under pretrial detention orders. He hasn't been convicted of a single crime. The reason why this monitoring goes on. But that's also not the FBI, is it? Well, it, no, it's the it's the Department of Justice because this is um, the Bureau of Prisons is part of the Department of Justice, but that doesn't mean we get to the very same prosecutors and FBI agents who are investigating and prosecuting your case get to snoop on your communications, talk about it in a group chat, and get this, Liz, give that information to the chief litigators working for the government who are handling the case which is another thing that a text message alluded to. They were talking about that Zachary Real is the defendant, that he was not planning to accept a plea deal, that he was planning to go to trial. They were going to pass that information on to two of the chief prosecutors who are going to be litigating the case. I mean, this is insane. Right then and there, Judge Kelly should have stopped, held an evidentiary hearing about 6A violations. And on what basis this FBI agent could could spy on these communications and pass it on to the prosecutors. What did he say? No, this has nothing to do with this. Has nothing to do with it. We'll hold a separate hearing on 6A. He he played dumb, like he had no idea how this would violate 6A. Well, the government says that, you know, these communications can be monitored. So, you know, that's what these people sign on to. This is what is happening. 
And Judge Tim Kelly, I got to tell you, he's not a smart, impressive man. I've watched him in court. He stumbles through things. It's not like he really has a grasp of what's going on. Some, some, some judges there are pretty smart. Ahmed Mehta, even though he's highly political and partisan, very shrewd, but he's a, a very smart, informed guy. Man, judge. This Tim Kelly is not. And it really shows in court. Uh, not only, as I said, is he fully invested, making sure that they're convicted because he's kept them behind bars. He is letting DOJ run roughshod over the process, over the Constitution, over these defendants' rights. He said that the um, reference to the 338 pieces of destroyed evidence, the government came back and said, oh, that refers to a 20-year-old case. Judge Tim Kelly goes, okay, well, that's what the government says. Okay, that's not admissible as evidence now in, in, in this uh, jury trial. Um, obviously I said, and then very limited cross-examination about the doctoring of an um, informant's report where one agent asked this age, the witness agent to delete his name from a report, to admit it from a report. There was no explanation given as to why that would happen. DOJ came back with some half-baked excuse. Well, he was the handling agent, supervising agent. Then he got a promotion. He shouldn't have been on this email list. Made no sense at all. Judge Tim Kelly, okay, well, yeah, that makes sense. So we're going to have very limited cross on just that part of it. Um, so how can these defense attorneys continue to properly defend their clients when this is the sort of circus, um, farcical uh, court uh, room that you're dealing with? So that, that's where we are. And there's just more revelations coming out. He's also strictly, very strongly restricting discussion and cross-examination related to confidential human sources, informants. There could have been up to 15 FBI informants run into the Proud Boys months before January 6th. And Judge Tim Kelly has instructed the defense to give pass any of their cross-examination questions by the government before they present them to the jury. I mean, this is like, what are we worried about Putin for? <laughs> you know, we've got we've got authoritarian order happening right here in the nation's capital, and no one seems to care. Um, so yeah, it's jaw-dropping, Liz. I've been doing interviews all day, and every time I explain what's going on, no, no one can believe it, but it's true. It's happening. It's really shocking. I mean, what you're describing sounds like one of the show trials that was staged basically by the KGB during the heyday of the Soviet Union. It sounds like something from a socialist dictatorship, from an authoritarian nation. This is like something we would see in communist China. It's happening mm -hmm. here. My question is, when you are denied a constitutional right, a right that is guaranteed, it is protected by the highest law in our land, and that is violated in our court system, like these defendants are facing, what's your recourse? Like this, this is this might be very clear to you and I and to a lot of people listening that this trial is now completely corrupted. It should be without question thrown out because of because of these process errors, these violations. But what recourse do these defendants have now? Because they're not going to get a fair outcome. Their only recourse is an appeal. That's it. I mean, they're going to have to appeal uh, what certainly will be, I'm sure, conviction on most, if not every single count, including seditious conspiracy. You already have D.C. juries who've returned, I think, six guilty verdicts on seditious conspiracy, Liz. Uh, this is a charge that no American has ever been convicted of, uh, but we have six or seven so far. I have no doubt they'll come back with at least a few convictions on that very rare charge out of this trial. 
So they sit in jail, they rot in jail as the appeal process goes on. And the appellate court is in Washington, D.C. too. Uh, so will this get to the Supreme Court? I don't know. And do you trust the people on that court? I certainly don't. Um, so it's really uh, just just tragic all the way around. Um, but I do think that that is why the Tucker tapes and other uh, you know, questions about Ray Epps, unanswered questions about informants, uh, Chris Ray's sneakiness when he's asked questions by Brett Baer about the use of informants, he won't directly answer. So this is raising a lot of questions, and it should. And Republicans in Washington, not the gut gutless ones in the Senate, everyone from Mitch McConnell to Mitt Romney to Lindsey Graham, um, but the, the, the powerful ones, the courageous ones in the Republican House really need to get a handle on this, start their own January 6th committee, expose the judges, prosecutors, the FBI, the top DOJ officials uh, who are unleashing uh, what I describe in my book, a war on terror against the, uh, the political right uh, based on the events of January 6th. Here's a question that I that I often get asked. You probably often get asked this as well. Um, I, I ran across, not ran across, I received a lot of messages to this effect after we did several episodes last week on the Tugger tapes. We broke them all down the first night and then the second night as well. And a lot of people were like, listen, we knew that this stuff was there, just like you and I did, Julie. We knew this was there. This wasn't unexpected. It's really nice to see confirmation about the confirmation of that of the facts that we knew were reality that counter the, the radical leftist narrative from the DOJ to Democratic politicians to some Republicans. But what's the point of exposing this reality? What's the point of knowing what happened if there's no accountability? So that's that's my sort of response question to this idea of impaneling another House committee on January 6th is what accountability can they actually enact besides just the exposure of the wrongdoing? Well, it's tough because um, unlike what happened with the January 6th committee who had the Department of Justice and can make criminal referrals and they acted on a few of those, um, we don't, the Republicans don't have the DOJ for now, uh, but they can build momentum towards criminal cases uh, if a Republican is elected in 2024, takes over the DOJ, and then you're ready to go with criminal charges against people who are responsible. Um, I think it's way past time, Liz, to impeach a federal judge. I can't even tell you the last time. I think it was 20 years ago. I don't know that a federal judge in Washington, D.C. has been impeached in the past hundred years. Um, so, you know, it would be nice to put one or two or 10 of these judges through the same sort of ringer that they're putting January 6th defendants on. That is part of the constitutional oversight of the of these co-equal branches of government. Where is the oversight for the court system? Liz, you can't even call in and listen to these trials. That's another outrage. They should immediately, Congress should immediately direct to the extent that it can. If Chuck Schumer can get on the Senate floor and tell the Murdochs to shut down Tucker Carlson, Republicans should tell the D.C. District Court, you need to make every single one of these trials and hearings accessible by a public line. There's nothing wrong with that. I listened to, I can't even, dozens of hearings during 2021 when they had COVID restrictions, when you had defendants and prosecutors and judges phoning in uh, for these hearings. I could listen to everything. Then all of a sudden the trials start and that whole process is shut down. These are the most important trials you could argue uh, in recent American history. Why do you have to travel to Washington, D.C., go through the whole rigmarole to go sit in a courtroom uh, to watch what's going on? 
You shouldn't have to do that. I covered the Whitmer Fednapping hoax. That was a federal criminal trial, two trials, by the way. I called in every single day to hear what was going on. So transparency and truth, so important when it comes to this. And those are just a few things I think that Republicans can do immediately. Public accountability is a big thing, though. Uh, and you can haul in some of these line prosecutors, certainly haul in people, not Merrick Garland, he's a waste of time, Lisa Monaco, Matthew Graves, who is the D.C. U.S. attorney, um, call in some of these judges, some of these line prosecutors, the line prosecutor for Jacob Chansley, Kim, uh, Kimberly Peschall, have her come in and explain what she did. Uh, so it, it's time to really turn the tables, as we say. And I, I think for now, unfortunately, that's our only recourse. It also makes it so incumbent on us to make sure that when we're picking political candidates, whether these are members of Congress or whether this is a potential presidential nominee, that they fully understand the political enemy that we're facing and the repercussions of ignoring that or brushing it under the rug or leaving the past in the past and just focusing on the future. We need someone who fully understands this so that when a Republican is elected and when Republicans take control, we actually can clean house with a full understanding of how that's to be done. One more thing. Meanwhile, the Department of Justice, while this is all happening, the Department of Justice is moving January 6th prisoners out of the D.C. gulag because Republican members of Congress were planning to visit them. That's right. So Marjorie Taylor Greene um, has announced uh, with uh, support of James Comer, who's chairman of the House Oversight Committee, to do what she's wanted to do for a long time, and that is investigate the conditions at the D.C. Gulag. Of course, she went there. She basically had to break in her and Representative Louis Gohmert. Uh, they were denied entry numerous times, even though they have oversight of that prison system in Washington, D.C., finally were let in, met with not just uh, J6 defendants who were there pre-trial at that point, because, of course, pre-trial, the trials didn't start until March of last year. So they were meeting with detainees and they didn't not just saw the conditions for them, but the entire jail system, which is absolutely abhorrent and appalling. So she wants to go back there, meet with the defendants again, uh, the detainees, <clears throat> and talk to and confront the jail uh, officials who um, ha have uh, allowed these conditions to go on. And now we're seeing one defendant who's been in that D.C. gulag since February of 2021, one of the first detainees who was transported there. Um, his wife announced on Twitter today that she heard that U.S. Marshals were going to move her husband and others out of that facility uh, before Marjorie Taylor Greene or other House Republicans could visit. So I don't see an, I haven't seen an update on that today. But, um, you know, this is just one more wrinkle in the political prisoner, sad political prisoner story. And all of this entire cabal who runs our nation's capital, this should be the crown jewel of the judicial system, the legal system, criminal justice system, penal system. That should be the crown jewel. Instead, it is this banana republic, third world Marxist type regime that every American should be embarrassed about. Not a single one should be cheering what's happening. But of course, you have half the country and almost the entirety of the national news media doing just that. It really is shocking. And I'm appreciative, as all of our audience is, for your tireless and thorough reporting on all of this. Guys, if you're not following Julie, you can follow her on Twitter. It's twitter.com slash Julie underscore Kelly number two, Julie underscore Kelly number two. You can also find her at American Greatness. She's a senior contributor over there. That's where her long form pieces are. Julie, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. 
Anytime, Liz. Thanks so much for having me on. All right, guys, make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple, on Spotify, on YouTube, on Rumble, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.